So we got to ask David Drucker if Biden has ever sniffed his hair. Well, we could start there. Dave Drucker is the senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. Hello, David. How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? You know, uh, I was going to lead by saying we couldn't find the tape of uh, Senator John Kennedy, not the old one, the new one, uh, yesterday, saying some of my colleagues need to check if Amazon's selling spines on a special sale. Uh, talking about the president um, announcing then suddenly backing down on health care. But, David, to answer the question, has Joe Biden ever sniffed your hair? I thought this was a family show. I was offended <laughs> that I would be asked such a racy question. What, what's the, and we won't spend much time on this because that's not where we're here to talk about it. But is, is there a lot of buzz about this in D.C., the whole Biden hair sniffing story? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, look, Biden is still sort of universally viewed as the, the one Democrat that could you know, definitely beat President Trump in 2020, right? He's also Joe Biden, a fixture of Washington for decades, uh, President Obama's vice president. And um, so, of course, a candidate like, you know, it's not like Andrew Yang, it turns out he was sniffing hair. <laughs> well said. Although, Yang would probably use it to his advantage and, you know, and have a new policy about, you know, hair sniffing. But Now uh, that's some analysis. <laughs> All right. This is why they pay me. Exactly. So, listen, we don't, uh, well, you can, we're not going to take a lot of your time, but, uh, so the president came out seemingly making a bold pronouncement that that the Republican Party was going to go after health care and be the party of health care, and then the uh, wind shifted pretty quickly. What do you think happened, David? Yeah, well, I think Mitch McConnell told him it wasn't happening, and it wasn't just Mitch McConnell that told the president this uh, personally. As McConnell told a whole bunch of reporters and television cameras yesterday, and if you know anything about Mitch McConnell, some people may not, the guy basically never talks, no matter how hard you try to get him to give you information, unless he's in the mood specifically, deliberately to impart information. And he went out of his way yesterday, and I had been alerted that he probably would want to impart this information to let us know that he had a phone call with the president on Monday and said, we're not doing a big health care bill in this Congress, uh, so, like, don't bother. And a few hours later, the president tweeted that health care was now going to be an an election year issue. In other words, we're going to, again, argue about repealing and replacing Obamacare again, and that there'd be a vote after the 2020 election. And this was contrary to what the president had said last week, when, you know, as we know, the administration tried, is trying via a lawsuit, which surprised, surprised everybody, to get rid of the entire law, not just parts of it. And Republicans immediately said, well, we'll consider this if you give us a plan. Otherwise, never mind. But McConnell then made clear, plan or no plan, details or no details, doesn't matter. We're not doing this. The president this morning, of course, is tweeting that he didn't back down, but he did. And everybody who's been covering this knows that. Wow. You wonder why he wouldn't have run it by Mitch McConnell before he made a, a statement like that. But that's, you know, that's the way he flies. That's Trump. May I remind everybody that we are just four and a half months from the last elections, the midterms. Wow. Four and a half months since the last election. Right. And the idea that we can't take on health care because, well, it's the election season. It's just from a needs of the common people. And I'm one of them. Uh, point of view, it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, and we're it's, stu- it's, it's terrible. And we're stuck in this stupid situation where unless you have the majority in the House and not just the majority in the Senate, but 60 full votes, 
Well, there's no point in even trying because the idea of getting some votes from the other party and governing and governing is just not even a thing anymore. Is it time to try monarchy, David? I mean, it might be, but only if I'm in charge. Wow. <laughs> now that's a well, caveat. You know, the, the, you know the, the problem is the American people are not interested in compromise. They're interested in their adversaries compromising with them. They're not interested in compromising with people they disagree with. When voters actually reward compromise, then lawmakers will respond and start compromising again. Wow. Look, this isn't even an issue of 60 votes in the Senate. I mean, Republicans controlled the House and the Senate for two years with President Trump. Right. And they were running a Obamacare partial repeal through a maneuver in the Senate that is available under the law that allows you not to have to seek 60 votes. And they still couldn't get it done. And one of the reasons why Republicans are skittish about this is after all those years of winning, you know, nearly a thousand seats in part because of Obamacare and what a political disaster it was, voters finally decided that they liked it enough that they rewarded Democrats in the midterm elections who ran boldly on protecting the Affordable Care Act. Uh, so the political landscape has changed. And, you know, as a pragmatic, as a, as a pragmatic part of, as a practical part of this, because Americans aren't interested in compromise, no matter what they say, you know, you kind of can't blame McConnell in some respect, because if voters won't reward compromise, there's no sense in him compromising with Pelosi or her compromising with him on a health care plan that could clear a divided Congress. Now, you will see, I think both parties work on health care policy and possibly pass health care related bills, but you're not going to see anything major. David Drucker, senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. David, beautifully explained. We thank you. Well done. So, anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. So, Thanks. when you ask people, when you poll people, do you approve of Obamacare? What are they talking about? Because only 5% of people are on Obamacare. Right. 5% of, of the insured people. Here's your numbers. There are 200 million of us with private insurance. Right. 200 million. The people that are actually on Obamacare is only 12 million, and then you got a bigger number than that, almost 30 million uninsured who have decided, I don't want to be on Obamacare, that's not a good deal for me, so I've decided not to. We still have 30 million uninsured. Right. You combine that with the fact that Obamacare is crumbling financially. I mean, it, it takes massive infusions. It takes bribes to the insurance companies. All of the how we're going to pay for it stuff has been repealed. It's a joke is public policy. Even as it has certain aspects, I mean, uh, I like being able to keep my kids on okay, my that's, insurance that's as they watch, et cetera. So. so when when people are polled and asked, do you like Obamacare, are most people, because most people have private insurance. Right. It's 5% of people that are actually on what should be called Obamacare. Right. So are are people that like it saying they're just being compassionate because they don't know it's such a tiny number? Or are they just saying, I like the part where, like I, me personally, I had cancer years ago and now I, I can get insurance if I lose my insurance. Right. Among the tens of thousands of pages of regulations related to Obamacare is plenty that applies to private insurance, including... Um, I could keep my kids on sure. our plane. So that's 26. what people talking about? And uh, the pre-existing conditions thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the regulations around Obamacare. But when you talk the exchanges about... themselves have been a disaster, and we still have 30 million people uninsured. Mm-hmm. And those we have insured has been at so high a cost, we could have just given them the money to buy a really nice condo and insure themselves <laughs> for the rest of their lives. Right. It's, it's a public policy debacle. 
But most people don't know these right. numbers. Most people no. do not realize that 95% of us are not on the thing that they're discussing all the time. Well, you're going to throw these people off and dying in the streets and all these different right. sorts of things. Yeah. 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 Well, whatever. What are you going to do? Well, Yet another and, issue where people don't know what they're talking about. Well, and I was looking at uh, James Madison quotes for our freedom-loving quote of the day a little earlier, and, and he has one. Uh, the essence of it is, maybe I can find it real quick, but the essence of it is that... Um, you know, if 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 we don't have knowledge, if we don't have uh, well knowledge about what's going on and what's happening in our government, we're doomed. I love apples from the tree of knowledge. That's my most delicious tr- snack. Do you like tree of knowledge apple pie? Mm, boy, One day, apple crisp. There it is. There it is. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance, and a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. Which is a lovely quote, but it is uh, it is of its time. Because our government is so vast and complex, there is not a single human being who has any solid comprehension of everything it does and how it does it. I mean, the president does it. In fact, you could you could appoint a committee of a hundred people, brilliant people, geniuses, and assign them each ten or one percent of the federal government, and and say you need to comprehend exactly how this works and how people ought to vote. And they would fail. It's too vast and complex. So we've gotten ourselves a government which cannot be managed. So how do you how do you fault you know the people of America for not understanding how how crumbling Obamacare is as public policy? And I'm not talking about every single aspect of it. Like I said, some of it I like, um, or it's certainly been good for me and my children. But I don't think most people would even come close to knowing that it's only 5% of people that are actually oh, no. doing the Obamacare exchange. And that we still have 30 million people uninsured. Uh-huh. We've, we've accomplished very, very little with a spectacular price tag. And remember, it was passed on a giant fertile garden of lies, which is why the, the Democrats got murdered at the midterms that time. So, But again, you get the people got to live their lives. You know, they're working, they're raising their families. That's why you hire representatives. Right, Somebody exactly. Somebody represent your interests. Well, and that's why you don't have a federal government, especially that's so vast and complex, nobody can comprehend it. The closer to local government is, the better it is. I want everybody to text me. Please text me. What would you like me to refer to you as? Choose from the 60 pronouns that Facebook provides. Maybe we can come up with that list. I have a little more information on that whole thing coming up. How it uh, impacts the university systems, for instance. It's quite a story. Again, I would prefer your royal highness. See, that's a title. my pronoun. Can I tell my professor I want to be called your liege? My liege? My liege. <laughs> well, sure. Your majesty. That's my uh, my preferred. My son uh-huh. says monsieur. Monsieur? Monsieur. Can I have some more milk, monsieur? Oh, monsieur? From, monsieur, yes. From some cartoon. <laughs> I see. But for whatever reason, I guess that's my pronoun around that. Perhaps your son is French. Um, uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Scientists in Switzerland played different types of music around aging cheese 
to see if it affected the taste. And the best tasting cheese was the one exposed to hip hop. Uh, they've since come out with their own line of new hip hop cheeses, including Feta Wap, <laughs> Nicky Fromage, and of course, Cardi Bray. So, that's interesting. That's James Corden from whatever show that is he has on the middle of the night. The Late Late Show. I should check it out. I was up in the middle of the night with my son, so I should turn those on now and then. Researchers played nonstop loops of Led Zeppelin, a tribe called Quest, Mozart, different music, to see how sound waves impacted flavor. And for whatever reason in this study, hip-hop made the cheese taste better. Were there no stupider studies to read about? I am kind of into the science of, and then I'll pivot toward what we're actually going to talk about. I'm kind of into the science or psychology of what sounds best, what tastes best, what you perceive to be. So much of it is mental, like way more of it than, than most people think. Mental in what way? The differences between people, what we prefer, that sort of thing? or I mean... Because it's going in your brain, so, I mean, it's mental, but... A real Stradivinsky violin... Oh, yeah. ...will cost $2 million. Stradivarius. Stradivarius, there yeah. you go. Stradivinsky's my accountant. He's <laughs> really good, saves you on your taxes. I'll just say Strad. There you go. <laughs> A real Strad, which I've only seen in museums, but yeah. the, it costs you like $2 million. And, mm-hmm. and, and the best violinists in the world swear by them, but when they've done blindfold tests... Even great violinists can't tell the difference between that and another high-end violin that would mm. cost a Stradivinsky, for instance, twenty thousand dollars. Right, but they swear by it. Without it. how much of it is it? You know, wine. You know, it's wine. Label, name, where it's from, where where you are when you drink it, has so much to do with it. it sure. So I'm just interested That's in why that all idea. All wine judging is blind. Because everybody knows. It's got to be. This thing on cheese, and I just wonder that with, with all kinds of perceptions that we have about, you know, cars, TV shows, watches, shoes, whatever. How much of it is just in our mind? Are, are we want it to be great because it was expensive or, sure. or whatever? I find it fascinating. The, then you got the whole, if it brings you joy... And you're fooling yourself, but it's real joy. What's the difference? Exactly. Or some of us like to be Although, you know, completely I, rational. I'd hate to. I'm never going to spend two million dollars on a violin, but I'd hate to spend <laughs> It'd be wasted. A, I'd spend a lot of money on a on a wine or a violin if it is imaginary, and I could get the same thrill for something much cheaper. Oh, clearly, <laughs> you know, I've had gifted musicians pick up some of my guitars, including the cheap ones, and noodle around. And I think, oh, that's how that's supposed to sound. It's not a bad guitar. That's not the issue. Um, so I came across this yesterday. I'll, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I do have a university professor friend who one of the things that led him toward retirement was he was uh, told the new regulations were that he had to ask everybody in class what pronoun they wanted to be called by. Mm-hmm. And then you have to refer to them by that pronoun. And he just, at his age and point in career, just thought that's... I'm not doing that. Is Captain Kickass a pronoun? <laughs> I think you understand it. <laughs> um, here, here is a letter that I came across, and I won't say how, signed off by a person that was a female, and it gave their name, their position in the university, 
their department and then had pronouns colon she slash her slash hers. So at the bottom of their official missives, right, they put their list of pronouns that can be referred by. And then found out later with more conversation that, yes, if, if, they, if a letter circulates in the university in which they refer to somebody by the wrong pronoun, you are, you are in big trouble. And if you do it multiple times, you are out of a job. Ah, excellent. As America tests the bounds of absurdity. So is that going to now my personal opinion is these people are going to go if they ever go out into the real world, if you can stay in that weird cocoon of the university systems, it won't make any difference, I suppose. Right. But if you ever go out in the real world, you're going to be shocked when somebody says, you know, I need you to go stack those things over there. I'm sorry. I need to be referred to as Z. Right. Whatever. Go stack those things. Right. Nobody in the real world is playing this game. Nobody in the rest of the world is playing this game. Do you realize that in universities? First thing you learn at universities, apparently, is how to get your head way up your own hiney. Or are we all going to start signing off our paperwork with, these are my pronouns? All right, listen, I've got a great gag to pull on that, but we don't have time. Okay, stay tuned. Right right after, well, right before the news, I'll do it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, congressional showdown over the Mueller report. Hollywood celebs caught up in college admission scandals in court, and we're about to get an astonishing look at the heavens. Wow, I want to see the heavens. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. It was an official letter from somebody at a university, and it's the first time I'd ever seen this, where at the bottom at the sign-off, they put their name, their department, and then their preferred pronouns. Right. And I just wonder, is this becoming a thing? It absolutely is. All across uh, America, college campuses, where the reality is, uh, is uh, you know stopped at the border. Here's what you do, college kids. This is so great. Just came up with it. So my pronouns would be he... Uh, him, his, right? Yes. Insist indignantly and angrily on he, hers, she. Make them inconsistent. I want to be referred to as he, but if you use the possessive, it's hers for me. Because when I possess things, it's my feminine side that possesses them. And then if you're ever going to use uh, what was it, his, him, use G, because I'm not comfortable with that. Make it, make it completely impossible for anybody, any professor to ever memorize this. He likes to go to Hawaii, so whose flip-flops are those? Those are hers. Right. <laughs> exactly. Insist on it angle. I'm talking about you in both cases. Second thing, just a quick follow-up before we get to Marshall. I was talking about how the immense complexity and vastness of the federal government makes it impossible to be a uh, responsible citizen. And we were mentioning uh, the statistics about uh, who's privately insured and Obamacare and who's uninsured. Got this from Craig, the Obamacare lawyer. And don't worry about comprehending the specifics of this as I go through it. Just the general idea is the general idea. So those statistics that were quoted last night are accurate, but can be misleading on who's covered by what. Don't forget the same number of people covered under Obamacare were also covered in the Medicaid expansion. 
So it's accurate to say 20 to 25 million people are newly covered because of Obamacare. Also, the carriers get paid to administer Medicaid. That's the low-income version of Obamacare. So technically, that is a private health insurance carrier provision, but is taxpayer-funded. It is also true to say that one-third of all Californians in particular, or specifically, are on Medicaid. And the same statistic holds true that saying... 70% of Californians are on some type of insurance that is funded by the taxpayer. Now, sometimes the taxpayer pays an insurance company to cover the person, such as Medicaid or with federal or state employees. Other times, those reimbursements come directly from the federal government, like with the VA or large portions of blah, blah, blah. So the private insurance is publicly funded. And the public insurance also has private carrier, blah, blah, blah. Nobody has any idea. I like Obamacare. I don't like Obamacare. What are, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Nobody has to go that deep on it. Yeah. Nobody has any idea what they're talking about. Um, We got a breaking news, so let's get to Marsha Phillips. Indeed, break out the breaking news donkey. Yes, when news breaks, the donkey brays. The House Judiciary Committee authorizes a subpoena for the full Mueller report and related documents. Democrats want the full unredacted version of the report immediately. That would would be illegal. It's never going to happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. Before I put Brandon back in the pen, let me show you the new trick that I taught him. I got to get down on his level. Brandon the news donkey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. Now, what does Joe Biden do? Oh, oh, look at that. He sniffed his hair. Yeah. He's sniffing oh, his hair. All right, here's your carrot, man. Oh, great. Oh, Clever donkey. Oh, oh that's boy. nice. Right. Took me three weeks to do that. <laughs> so uh, so they have subpoenaed. Is this official? I mean, they voted to. Does that mean it actually happened legally? Have they now subpoenaed the unredacted Mueller report? They've authorized the subpoena for the full report. They've that's authorized the, it. Now, yes. who, who delivers it? So now, it up? So, so now, does Barr say, I can't do that, it would be illegal, and then it goes through the courts to the Supreme Court, or where are we on this? Well, his his lawyers, the Justice Department lawyers, will say, this is uh, you can't subpoena something that it's illegal to give you. But So this is like the Nixon tapes, then? It's, it's like, eventually the Supreme Court will have to say yes or no. Uh, if it even gets to the Supreme Court, I doubt... Uh, honestly, and uh, attorneys, if you would take a moment, please, uh, email us, mailbag at Armstrong and Getty. That's mailbag at Armstrong, I'm sorry, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or text us, 415-295-KFTC. I don't even think, uh, like, a appeals court would take it because the ruling is going to be so obvious. You but, think they'll say, well, no, he can't re- release it unredacted. Yeah, he's not going to release publicly grand jury testimony. Well, he's saying release to Congress. Is that what he indicted with the... In- the, Subpoena uh, is? Yes. Yeah, to I the would, committee. Yeah, to the committee. Unredacted I, I, to the committee. Right. Can they do that legally? Interesting question. Don't know. Yep. Attorney General Bill Barr. But it's all about firing up the base. Look yeah, at us. Sure. We're still fighting. Yep. It's a, it's a political question. Has been since the beginning. Attorney General Bill Barr telling the lawmakers he'll give them a redacted version of the report by mid-April. But again, that's not good enough for Dems like Gerald Nadler. Congress is entitled to all of the evidence. There you go. Meanwhile, Jared Nadler, who fought bravely against releasing the Kenneth Starr report. Now, Mr. Starr, in his transmitting uh, transmittal letter to the Speaker and the Minority Leader, made it clear that much of this material is Federal Rule 6E material, that is material that by law, uh, unless contravened by uh, vote of the House, must be kept secret. That's the grand grand jury material. 
Uh, it represents um, 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 uh, statements which may or may not be true by various witnesses, uh, salacious material, all kinds of material that it would be unfair to release. So I assume what's going to have to happen before anything else happens is that somebody, uh, the staff of the Judiciary Committee, perhaps the, um, the, the, the chairman and ranking minority members of the Judiciary Committee, is going to have to go over this material, at least the four or five hundred pages in the report, uh, to determine what is fit um, for release and what is, as a matter of, of, of decency and protecting people's privacy rights, uh, people who may be totally innocent, okay. third party. Yeah. So, yeah. well, the times have changed. Well, yeah. so, but, <sighs> he pronounced the H and what more than I would like him to. What, what did he do? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, more on this later, I suppose. Meanwhile, former FBI Director James Comey says when it comes to transparency involving the Mueller report and the Democrats' demands to see that full, unredacted report, Comey said... Bill Barr, our Attorney General, deserves the benefit of the doubt. Give him a chance to show us what he feels like he can't show us. I have to imagine that former Director Mueller wrote the report with an eye towards it being public someday. So I can't imagine a lot needs to be cut out of it. But let's wait and see. The Attorney General deserves that chance. I just... I don't. I'm not comfortable with the fact that Barr has had uh, Mueller abducted and beaten by thugs and duct taped to a chair in a base. Oh no, that's right. They're working side by side on figuring out what must be redacted. Yeah. So to me, that the safeguard here is unless anybody thinks Mueller's corrupt, and are there people? I I mean, ex- ex- on the ex- extreme end, I suppose there are people who think Mueller's in on it with Trump. But outside of that, one percent of people. If Barr holds back anything that's important, wouldn't you expect Mueller to immediately go to a Washington Post reporter and say, look, here's what happened, what I wrote, what I found? Wouldn't, isn't that guaranteed to if happen? If he thought it was important enough. Yes. Yeah. He's if famously anything, closed-mouthed. But. Yeah, but he's not going He's not going to let the right. attorney general put out something that's, that's uh, uh, consequentially... Consequ- with consequence, mm-hmm. different from what he wrote. No way. No way that's going to happen. Mm. C- could you possibly be concerned that there's any way Robert Bark, the, the the Attorney General, could keep any of this quiet, anything important? My only devil's advocate argument for you is that if there is stuff that the Democrats would really prize as oppo research, it looked bad for the president. It was Donald J. Trump being a dope. Um and and they redacted that, Mueller probably would not think that rises to, I need to contact the Washington Post. It would be Barr protecting the president, but Mueller wouldn't really care. He'd think, well, that's politics for you. I f- I so feel- that could happen. I feel like the missing variable from the, the Democrat side is that they are in a hurry to get anything in their hands that can get Trump off the talking point of total exoneration. Right. That's their goal. Right. And yeah, so the, well so the longer that it takes for the redacted version to come out is just right. another week or two of Trump going up at the open microphones and live cameras. Boy, I would say no collusion, that perception, no, right. no total exoneration. Yeah, that makes perfectly good yep. sense, but the polls would show that people aren't going with the total exoneration. I mean, there's plenty of polling out there that says, you know, two-thirds polls of Hillary went in, too. <laughs> <laughs> two-thirds of people say they think, you know, there's some mischief of some sort and they want to see the report. I don't know. Um, I had one more point. Oh, uh, to the uh, keeping back stuff that would embarrass Trump, but is not like criminal or whatever. Well, you're, we're not supposed to see that stuff. We're not supposed to see that stuff. 
That's the argument that Dershowitz keeps making. But I want to see it. But yeah, I understand yeah. that people want to Because I want to win the election. What don't you understand? <laughs> right. No, I totally hear you. The idea if an investigator finds out something embarrassing about an innocent person, they don't publish that. Or, or a person that they choose not to prosecute. Right, and James Comey, by that standard, should not have come out and said, oh, Hillary Clinton did all kinds of terrible things. She did this, she did this, she did this. I'm not right. charging her, but she did this, she did this. Well, sure, Joe Getty, suspected of robbing a bank, has never robbed a bank. But in the course of our investigation, we found out that he yelled at his kids too much. He really was tough on his kids, sometimes when they hadn't done anything wrong. Or paid his taxes later, whatever right. they're going to dig up. Right, he came close to bankruptcy because of a poor investment in alpaca. You having fund. a good time, Joe? <laughs> That's oppo research. That's not a search for justice. Oh, uh, That is a wrap at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Let's let the bird fly. It's a bird of freedom right there. It's a bald eagle. There's only a couple in captivity. It's a beautiful bird. Regal. And chained in our studio. Symbolized freedom. Every time it squats. Makes your heart swell with American pride. It does. Or fluid. I can't tell if it's fluid or American pride. <laughs> Probably ought to get that checked. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah, you know, we ought to use this song more, Michael. It's politics today, man. What do you want to be referred to as? He, hers, Jim. Jim? Or my lord, my liege, my royal highness, your royal highness. Does anybody even remember the story of the MAGA bomber, that guy in Florida with the van that had all the stickers on it and he was sending pipe bombs to everybody? Right. I had completely forgotten that story. Yeah. There's an update on that, among other things coming up. That was the only story in America for a couple of days. Right? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. I was going to call him, I don't know him well, I was going to say, welcome to the world, Joe. You having a good time, Joe? Are you having a good time? Now, Trump, mocking Joe Biden's situation, he may have reason to want to drive Joe Biden out of the race. There, there, David Drucker said there are a number of people who think Biden's the biggest threat to him as a general candidate. I don't know why he wouldn't be, because he's just so into that. Biden's whole thing is that working class union guy who feels like he's been screwed. He's been speaking to that crowd forever. Right. From uh, Rust Belt to yeah. hometown, the rest of it. Yeah, he's just he's 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 great at first blush. Time after time, he's come back for the second interview in front of the American people, and they've hired somebody else. Well, there's no doubt. Immediately. I I wonder if Trump doesn't think, though, you know what? Uh, If I can bury Joe Biden right now, I'll take my chances with a uh, a super lefty socialist somebody. Mm. Yeah, it could be. Just a quick clarification. The House Judiciary Committee has approved tentative subpoenas for special counsel Robert Mueller's full unredacted report. What's a tentative subpoena? The committee voted to give Judiciary Chairman Gerald, who was completely opposite of this in the past, Nadler, 
permission to issue subpoenas to the Justice Department for its final report, uh, exhibits in any underlying evidence or materials. Nadler has not yet said if he'll send the subpoenas. Okay, so it's a threat. It, right, exactly. It could be that he it, he knows, because he's, listen, he's a hypocrite, but he's a smart guy. And he knows that if he sends the, the subpoenas and like a traffic court judge says, you can't do this. You know, it'll be a bad look. Well, if it, if they get the unredacted version there, the committee or the whole Congress, it leaks, right? Well, certainly the whole Congress it leaks, but even the It'd committee. It'd leak at the same day. Somebody would. Yep. Probably. Um, oh, eh. you know what? Yeah, well, okay. I think it's definitely. That's the whole reason they want it, so they can use it against Trump. Um, I'm astounded by stories that come and go in the modern world just because we're there's there's so many big stories we have short attention spans do you remember the name Caesar Syac we didn't know who he was for a while somebody was sending pipe bombs to like all the prominent democrats in the country and there was real concern it seemed like a big deal for a couple of days and then remember we found the van with all the bumper stickers and then we were trying to figure out what was photoshopped yeah <laughs> It was it was it was fun there for a while. He turned out to be a Seminole Indian down there in Florida. Kind of a crazy dude. Or was he a fake Indian? He's a real Indian. Okay. If I remember correctly. There's all sorts of crazy yeah, going on yeah. there. I mean, he's he's half a, d- a dozen different kinds well, of nuts. Well, that van was crazy. Yeah, yeah. With cuts, all the bumper stickers all on. All those it. stickers cut down your visibility. It's unsafe. Uh, he he said I didn't know pipe bombs could hurt anyone and he uh, denied in court yesterday that he I was I didn't in, know pipe bombs could hurt anyone. He wasn't intending to hurt anybody. The only reason I bring this up is just this was the story in America for I think a whole weekend in a day maybe. <laughs> and I I forgot I I had to like really squint my eyes to remember it even happened. Right. It's the way the modern world is. I, to that uh, topic, I was just closing tabs um, on on my computer here, and I came across a couple articles about Trump saying we're going to cut aid to uh, the Central American con- uh, countries. Um, when you start to say the word country, you should really finish it, Joe. Uh, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, and um, and I, I think that's probably a bad idea. It's just Trump, you know, shaking everything up to get people's attention and indicate, I'm serious about this. Like closing the border thing. That won't happen either. Um, But nobody cares. That was yesterday's conversation. I'm looking through the media today. Nobody's talking about that. Hmm. Cutting off aid to Central America. Is it a good idea? Bad idea? Blah, blah, blah. Maybe he, maybe one thing Trump's got going for him, he realizes the way stories come and go, you have to like really strike a note to cut through the clutter at all. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) To get any attention at all. So they got an election coming up in India. It's the world's biggest democracy. How many registered voters they got in India? 900 million registered voters Ur- in India. Gird. That's just, you can't even wrap your head around that. Wow. Heavens to Gandhi. Uh, and Oh, and, my Gandhi. But that they, would have been good. They got a problem. This is you having of, a good time, Joe? I am. Thanks. <laughs> This is kind of a test case for democracies and the sort of thing we're going to be seeing soon, if not this election ourselves. So a story got going on Facebook. It was a video. Remember a couple of weeks ago they had this awful suicide bombing in Kashmir where 40 Indian policemen were killed. 40. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so somebody put together this video that went out on Facebook. It was a fake video, but it, it looked like it was the home minister, what they call... Like their department, the 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 Homeland Security Secretary there, okay, uh, their Home Minister, 
um, in a conversation with somebody saying, boy, to win the election, we're going to really need a war. They had spliced together different parts of this guy's speeches and stuff like that uh-huh. and made it sound like he was talking to somebody on the phone saying, we agree that for the election, we need a war and that he was behind the bombing their own policemen oh. for political advantages. Wow. Anyway, the video caught fire on on Facebook. Facebook caught on to it and took it down, but not after it had received two and a half million views and 150,000 shares. Hold on. That's his soul trying to escape. He sneezed. Um, now, two and a half million views sounds like a lot. They have four times their population, so that'd be like 600,000 views in this country, I guess. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so Facebook took it down, but Reuters, a news agency, found at least four copies of it still on Facebook, also found copies on YouTube and uh, Twitter. So it's still out there. You can't take it down once it's out there and not share it 150,000 times. Not to mention the echo chamber. People just right. talking about it. You see that video or you hear about that? And uh, this video underlines how social media companies are struggling with fake news. Though All democracies are struggling with fake news, period, and are going to for the rest of our lives, for the rest of foreseeable time. Right. Uh, with, the, um, with the only possible result, it would seem to me, the only possible result. If there's another result, you let me know what it would be. The only pos- possible result is we just don't believe anything. Even the real stuff we doubt, which is going to be tough. You got a real scandal? You actually have a tape of, uh, you know, the Homeland Secretary being involved in something awful? Right. The people that would have believed it before will believe it. The people that wouldn't have believed it won't believe it. Right. Right. I don't know how it doesn't turn out any way other than that. Well, and people who don't believe it have a reasonable argument. Sure. Editing gets good Absolutely. enough, please. Absolutely. Artificial, uh, you know, voice generation and the rest of it. They got an election. The software. They, they, got, got, they got an election next week with that story floating around in India right now. Interestingly, in India, their sacred cow is a sacred cow. <laughs> Very literal. 